Good morning. Too many things to remember today. How's everybody? You remembered to be here. That's a plus. Yeah? How's everybody doing this morning? Rocking? Rolling? Yeah? Anything else I can throw in there? Somewhat catchy? All right. Well, welcome this morning. My name is Melody, as far as I know, and uh, I'm one of the pastors here at New Song, and happy that you are here this morning, happy that uh, we get to sing today these couple of songs, the Cornerstone and this one, right? Uh, Just as wonderful as life is, life is just such a roller coaster, yes? Last night, we we were celebrating If you know her, Karen Turner got married yesterday. Yes, today they're leaving on their their honeymoon, and it was just so, I mean, I saw her coming down the aisle, and I was, you know, couldn't contain my tears, and, but this morning I get a, I get a text that a member from our community, their father passed away this morning. So it's just all the things, yes? It's all the things, and it's, it's, it's good, and it's bad, and it's ugly, and it's beautiful, and I am just so thankful that we are here together because of those things that have happened, of the celebration that happened last night, and of the heartache I felt this morning for my friend. I'm just so glad that both things I get to participate in with someone in this community and be a part of that with them and for them. And that's what we're about here at New Song. If you have not picked up on that yet, if you have not picked up on that yet, this is not a church to be unknown. This is not a church to be unknown. So if you feel like that, if you feel unknown, if you feel like I just haven't plugged in, guess what? Time to get known, okay? Because we, we do this together. We do this thing called life together. We participate in life together. Okay, will you say amen to that? Amen. Amen. And if, if, if you are visiting us today for the first time and checking us out, and now you want to leave running, it's fine, but we really want you back. Um, But you can fill out a connect card with some information on it, and we will get right with you, and we will connect with you, and we will tell you, hey, here are all the ways and all the things you can um, do and come to and participate in, okay? Okay. So do that. If you have a prayer request uh, this morning, please fill that out. We get those as a staff, and then Grant and I take that as pastors, and we pray over those things. We take those very seriously, so please fill that out. Okay, so I have a lot of things to say today, so bear with me. So this week, our awesome youth group had a scavenger hunt at the West Covina Mall. Look at those guys. Yeah, we were missing some kids because vacations are happening and whatnot, but that, those kids were super fun. I, I went as a possible leader, but I actually got to shop around because there was enough leaders and there was enough um, just groups assigned. And then I later found out that it was a bonus point if you took a picture with me. And so that was super fun. The first group that found me was like, okay, can you just like stay in this store and hide? from the rest of the group because that way they didn't get the bonus point. I was like, I have to, I have to stay in the store the rest of the time, but it was fine. It was Bath and Body Works and I, it was, I bought too many things that smell good. So anyway, it was such a burden, I know. 
But um, so uh, just continue to pray for our youth group as we continue to search for a youth pastor and we continue to pray for just the right person to come and plug in. Uh, Tonight, if you are a high school girl or if you know a high school girl, there is a high school Bible study happening at my house all summer long. And so uh, high school girls, I want you there. Just graduated girls, I want you there. So hopefully everyone knows about it by now. If you don't, I have a couple of um, cards here to give you the information on that. So send those girls my way. Um, tonight also at 5 p.m., the men are gathering at Glendora Marketplace. So if you know this place, it's a very cool place. And if you've been to one of those things, you know that there's a lot of different characters that, you know, are around the table. Uh, I invite you to participate in that. Yesterday at the wedding, we were kind of a new song table, you know, a couple of us that were invited to Karen's wedding, and we were probably the rowdiest table. We, were the, we got in trouble, actually, a little bit. And so I was like, I don't care. Like, we are, this is life, okay? I'm not going to hide who we are. We're loud and we're fun, and we sit around a table and we talk. And it's a wedding. We're here to have fun. And so, anyway, it was fun. We had a lot of fun. But, um, so men, gather around the table. Be as fun and as rowdy as you like, but don't get kicked out, okay? We don't want a bad name around town. Um, But that's tonight at 8, no, excuse me, 6 p.m., 5 p.m., 5 p.m., men, go to Glendora Marketplace. All right, and for this announcement, I need two of my favorite high school girls. Come on down, give a hand to Kaylee and Nora. Here's that. They're going to help me hand something out because I'm going to show you what's going to happen tomorrow at our women's event. Uh, Tomorrow's called My Favorite Things, and what did I tell you was one of my favorite things last week? So, what? Salsa? Dill pickle spice. All right. So here's how it's going to happen. Nora, you're going to go give one to Debbie because she's the one. Debbie, raise your hand real tall. She's, you remembered. Who said it over here? Someone said it. You said, okay, Jessica, right there. She gets another one. Raise your dill pickle spice. Nice in the air. Yes? Okay, great. And then we're going to give it to Kathy sitting right there. Raise your hand. Raise your hand, Kathy. So this is how this happens. Hold your dill pickle spice in the air. Look, Jessica's already smelling it. She's like, what can I put this in? So this is what happens tomorrow. I bring my favorite thing, and I will give it to three people. And not like this, not of my choosing. We, you know, we mix it up. But thank you, girls, for demonstrating how that is. And if you want to know more about everyone's favorite things, come tomorrow night, ladies, 6.30. Are you going to be there? Yeah. I like presents, so bring me stuff, too, okay? You can, yeah, Fred. Fred's going to pretend. All right, so that is tomorrow. The other thing that is a deadline today is if Gina and Daryl sitting right there, raise your hands nice and tall, uh, if they, uh, if you want to go to the Angels game on July 2nd, there's a whole big group of us from church going. If you are interested in going to that, today is the last day to sign up. And tickets are $13 a piece each. So please talk to them by the end of the service. Okay, last thing I have to remind you of. Next Sunday is Soup Sunday. Yeah. It's our favorite Sunday around here. 
And uh, if you would like to bring soup, if you would like to bring a side salad, if you would like to bring some sort of dessert, hey, bring it. We will put it out there. The, the point of Soup Sunday is to be simple. Simple and not too long, but not too fast. So we invite everyone, hey, don't make lunch plans next week. Stay around, have some soup, have a little chat, and um, let's be together. We can all be rowdy together next Sunday. Yes? All right. All right, I do have one last big thing to share with you, and it's pretty big news. So are you ready for it? You ready for it? All right, so um, many of you know that we are partnered with Target uh, for the pantry here at New Song. And what that means is that um, through the Los Angeles Regional Food Bank, uh, we have been partnered with Target as the food bank that picks up from Target every single day. Every single day. Um, and so we have a team of Target pickup folks. Someone goes on Monday, someone goes on Tuesday, someone goes on Wednesday, you get it. Well, Target just recently, and we've been partnered with them for years, Target just recently got a new market pantry manager which is wonderful for them, but it's been a little, you know, lighter on the pantry pickups for us because the man is doing his job, right? And so there's, there's more things being bought on the shelves and a few less things coming to us um, to pick up, to give to our guests. So I don't know, uh, this has been a couple months, we started praying, Lord, like, help us be able to serve those we serve. Help us be able to provide nourishment to those who come. And so, let me think. So, not last week, but the week before, the day before I went on vacation, I get a call. And they said, we have a store for you. And I'm thinking, you know, nowhere far. Please nowhere far, because everyone who does this is a volunteer. And we are now partnered with Aldi in Glendora. Yeah. Yeah. And it has just been... Amazing. This first week that we've been partnered with them, now they, I will say, they have, they kind of had a little bit of a backlog with their food that we had to be picked up, that had to be picked up, but we picked up over a thousand pounds just this week. Just this week. So yesterday, you guys, yesterday, the, the pantry distribution, we had uh, pantry distribution runs from 10 a.m. to 11 p.m. We didn't end till 11.45 just because there was so much food to give out yesterday. And yesterday, we, we were just in awe of the amazing things we were able to give. Here is the thing. I need an Aldi pickup team now. I need an Aldi pickup team. Because, because what does that mean? That means I need someone who is available, and uh, if you want to partner up with someone, but I need able-bodied folks to, during business hours, get over to Aldi, get the pickup, bring it here, track it, log it, and there's all sorts of training on that. I do that with you. Uh, I do it several times with you for a little while until you get that. But, but if we don't pick up from Aldi, we will lose Aldi. And I really don't want to lose Aldi. So talk to me afterwards, please. Let me know. And it's, you know, consider it because it is a little bit of a commitment. Are you home? Is your, are your hours from work flexible? Could you take 
an hour and a half of your time during the day, during the work day? Are you, you know, I don't know, retired? Are you and your partner looking for something to do? Are you and your child looking for something to do this summer? Guess what? I have a job for you, okay? So please talk to me afterwards, and um, I, I really don't want to lose Aldi, but right now, between me and another family, we're trying to cover the pickups, and, and you know, it's just a lot to put on one person. That's why we need a team, and that's what this place is about. We just said it, yes? We just said we are a community. We work together. We do this together, so let's do this together. Let's not lose Aldi together, okay? All right? Would you pray for, with me, and would you join me in just praying for just the ministries here at New Song and everything going on in and out and everywhere around here? Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this morning, God. God, thank you that we are able to share with excitement and joy about Karen and Steve getting married, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, bless them and keep them as they are on their honeymoon now. Lord, I pray for our sister Beth and Scott who lost their dad this morning, God. God, would we be able to walk alongside them? Lord, I thank you for, with joy for our youth group, God. I thank you for the little lives that are, that are forming their hearts. I thank you for the young adults that they are becoming, God. God, with all the things that are uh, happening around them, Lord, bless them and keep them, Lord. Guard their, guard their hearts, guard their minds. Lord, I pray that uh, you know all things and you would have the youth group in your hands, Lord. Lord, I pray for um, the men's gathering tonight. I pray for the high school girls' gathering tonight, God. God, you know who's going. You know who's thinking about going. You know who doesn't want to go but who needs to go. Lord, I pray that you would move people tonight to the right places. Bless conversations, Lord. Let there be laughter. Let there be, let there be care. God, I pray that you would have your hand in these events. Lord, I pray for the pantry ministry. Lord, I pray for the garden ministry. Lord, I pray for all the ministries that New Song is doing with your hands and your feet, Lord, in your name. For the San Dimas Retirement Center, for the Charter Oak Bible Study, Lord. Lord, for all the things, Lord, I put in your hands, Lord. You know who is available, what they're able to do, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would bring the right people in the right places again, Lord. Lord, we trust that when we walk a path, you are putting things in our path, Lord. And we ask that you would open doors or close them. Lord, thank you for opening this door to Aldi, Lord. Lord, would we be able to do it well? Lord, I pray today and now for everybody here. Lord, thank you for this group of people that you have brought together. Lord, we all come from different scenarios. We all come from different situations, God. God, I pray that as we are here today and we hear Grant speak, Lord, that our, that our hearts would be open to your message. Lord, thank you for our pastor. Thank you for his family. Lord, I pray that you would bless them and keep them as they continue to walk through life and new realities and different situations. Lord, I pray a blessing upon this day. In Jesus' name I pray and ask. Amen. Amen.
Today we're in Hebrews chapter 9, and we're looking at verses 23 to 28. You know, us human beings, I think, have this kind of insatiable drive to understand and experience like the far reaches of this creation, the far boundaries and reaches. We saw that this past week, actually, with the tragic loss of five people on the Ocean Gate submersible that was lost uh, while visiting, attempting to visit the 13,000-foot-deep wreck of the Titanic, and apparently uh, those folks lost their lives in that effort to go as deep as they could go to that place. Uh, have you noticed the news coverage was off the charts? We're fascinated by that adventurous journey. But maybe you also know that this same week, also on the water, as many as 750 men, women, and children from Syria, Egypt, Palestinian territories, and Pakistan were fleeing hopelessness in their home countries and trying to reach relatives in Europe, and their boat sank, and about only 104 people survived. But you didn't hear much about that on the news. And I just think, why do we perhaps care so much about the, this intrepid exploration of the furthest reaches of our earth, but maybe less attention is paid to the lives of ordinary people, you know, maybe doing something that seems a lot more ordinary, um, less glamorous, less fantastic, less intrepid. Um, yeah, we have this urge to, and this attraction to that kind of exploration. It's not just the furthest depths of the ocean that we see this in. Uh, we're compelled to travel elsewhere also. There are plans, apparently, to once again land some human beings on the moon, probably in 2024 or 2025, and, and that's awesome. But I knew though people also ask, why do we spend such huge sums of money to do something like that when there are so many problems on Earth that need solving? But we are very attracted. We, we are attracted. It's, it shows that to these adventures, there's something that connects with us, that we feel the, the drama and the excitement and the mystery and the wonder of exploration to the furthest reaches, whether it's the depths of the sea or the heights of the universe. Um, we are so attracted, but maybe not so fascinated by the life and the adventure and the excitement in its abundance that's in the next room to us or across the street in the next home. You know, perhaps this is something to do with and we have a need to escape from the day-to-day -day humdrum of our lives. These stories take us away from maybe just the day-to-day -day stuff. Or perhaps it has something to do with what C.S. Lewis described in his book, Mere Christianity, when he said, if I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. Maybe there's something in us that, that wants to leave the earth that wants to transcend this physical, broken creation in which we live. And we revere those, I think, who push into new and unexplored territories. We celebrate them. We're fascinated by them. So as you may have noticed, if you've been paying attention through this book called Hebrews in the New Testament, it is filled with spectacular cosmic language, descriptions and events that are, seem fantastical and, and cosmic and lofty. Um, the very first chapter we read when we began this back in, when was it? I don't know. Was it 2016 we began? No, I'm kidding. Um, earlier this year, right? Um, very first thing, God 
has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by, had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Those are grand and lofty words. Well, the writer, as we've seen, means to go on as he has started or they've started. And so today's text is no exception. We're going to read Hebrews 9, verses 23 to 28. Uh, it will be on the screen, or you can follow in your, in your Bible if you have one there. So it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be cleansed with these sacrifices. We've been talking about the Old Testament, Old Covenant, blood being spilled to cover sin for a season, for a year. The Day of Atonement, the high priest would walk into the, the holy place and he would offer sacrifice for himself and for the people. And, and it would, this was the arrangement that was happening. Um, but something new has happened in Christ. Uh, so the heavenly things had to be cleansed with better sacrifices than these. Christ didn't enter the holy place, which is a copy of the true holy place made by human hands, but into heaven itself so that he now appears in God's presence for us. He didn't enter to offer himself over and over again. We've been see, hearing this over and over again, haven't we? The, the author wants us to hear it over and over again. He didn't need, enter to offer himself over and over again like the high priest enters the earthly holy place every year with blood that isn't his, animal blood. And remember, last week we talked about why blood? Well, one is the seriousness of sin. It is real, has consequences. Um, if that were so, then Jesus would have had to suffer many times since the foundation of the world. Instead, he has now appeared once at the end of the ages to get rid of sin by sacrificing himself. People are destined to die once and then face judgment. In the same way, Christ was also offered once to take on himself the sins of many people. He will appear a second time, not to take away sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. These are grand words, and at first glance, again, often we, we go, whoa, this is kind of opaque. I don't really know what this means. And the best thing about reading the Bible is just to observe what is there. Is there repetition? Is there things you think would, should be in there that aren't in there? What words are there? And it's a, it's a practice to learn, because often we, we do quantity rather than quality when we read the Bible. You know, we just get through as many chapters, and we, you know, we fall behind in our Bible in a year and end up spending, you know, reading oodles of chapters, but not really engaging with anything. So it's, it takes some time to sit and think. And there's one thing that comes out of this passage, I think, for me at least, and it's the concept of Jesus in a certain aspect of who he is. And, and the word explorer really fits well. That's why I started talking about these intrepid explorers. Jesus as an explorer, or perhaps as a pioneer, and actually, the word pioneer occurs twice in the book of Hebrews, this concept of Jesus as pioneer. We've seen it in chapter 2, where it says, it was appropriate for God, for whom and through whom everything exists, to use experiences of suffering to make perfect the pioneer of salvation. Think about this word, this concept, Jesus as the pioneer of salvation. And later on in chapter 12, we're going to hear these words, that we're to be fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith. The pioneer. What is a pioneer? The story of the Old West is full of stories of pioneers, those who go ahead. But I prefer, in the words of Star Trek, a pioneer is one who will boldly go where no man has gone before. 
Who's a Star Trek fans here? Who's a Star Wars fans here? Who, oh wow, you won, I think. Who loathes and detests any science fiction of that kind? There you go. Our diversity and unity is our strength. Um, so in the text, the reason I think this is because these three moments of appearance. Three moments of appearance. And we can think about it like this. There's, there's three moments where the author says that Jesus appeared in a certain context at a certain time for a certain purpose. And you can think of them in terms of exploration. For example, Neil Armstrong appeared on the moon, if you believe that myth, that conspiracy. <laughs> and he set foot on the moon, right? He appeared. Uh, the other one, if you've seen uh, Free Solo, Free Solo, the film of the guy climbing Yosemite with no ropes on El Capitan, Alex Sonald stepping onto the top of El Capitan. He appeared at the top. And so Jesus, in, in this text, it seems to be described as a pioneer in three areas, because this word appeared occurs three times in this text. The first one is this, that Jesus is pioneer of the depths. Jesus is pioneer of the depths. Verse 26, it said, he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages. He has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages. Uh, and there's two, two aspects to this. The first is there was a plan. Well, every explorer needs a plan, right? And in John chapter 1, he explains it this way. He says, the word, Jesus the word, who was with God in the beginning, the word was God, the word became flesh and made his home among us. Think about that descent. Think about the awesome reality that the person of the Trinity, God himself, steps into our world in human flesh. There is no greater descent than this. And he made his home among us. It, actually, the word there is tabernacle. So the Old Testament, when God was in the tabernacle and the priest went to meet with God, only that one person on behalf of all the people, it says Jesus came and he tabernacled with us. Philippians puts it really well. John and Paul and the writer of Hebrews are all in agreement about this. This is what the writer in Philippians, Paul says, that though he was in the form of God, though he was God, he did not consider being equal with God something to exploit, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave or a servant, and by becoming like human beings, when he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus, the pioneer of the depths, going where no one has gone before, the second appearance is in verse 24, and Jesus is the pioneer of the heights. It says, he entered heaven itself so that now he appears in God's presence. This incredible like, parabola of, of descent and exaltation. And Paul in, in Philippians, the very next part of the passage where it says that he humbled himself even to death on the cross, says, therefore, God highly honored him and gave him a name above all names, appears in God's presence. The third thing that's mentioned in this passage about Jesus as pioneer is he is Jesus, pioneer of the future. The very last words of this passage says, he will appear a second time. He will appear a second time. Again, that's reflected in the very next part of Paul's hymn of praise. 
that so that at the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven, on earth, and under the earth might bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This picture of this time when he will appear, and every tongue will confess, and every knee will bow, proclaiming that Jesus is indeed Lord to the glory of God the Father. So what does this mean for us, this lofty language? We could stop there and say, isn't that fantastic that Jesus is the Lord, is the pioneer of the depths, pioneer of the heights, and pioneer of the future? You know, in the case of the men who do fantastical things on the earth or under the earth or in the ocean or in, this, in space, you don't get to go there, right? You know, each guy on that submersible will pay $250,000 for the privilege of going there. We don't get to do that. We don't have $250,000. Well, maybe some of you do. And this is the last week to give a new song. So if you do, (laughs) I suggest that you tithe on that so we can end our budget strong. And that also means I don't need to say that at the end of the service and bring a big downer on it. I'm saying it now. And in all honesty, what we're doing, I think, is extremely valuable, worthwhile, and God is among us. So yeah, consider how you might help us end the budget strong, especially rather than buy a ticket to the bottom of the ocean. Um, walking on the moon. Who here has walked on the moon? Who here expects within their lifetime to walk on the moon? There's a very young person going, yeah, sure, man. Right? Anyone? Back table? Abby? Nora? Kelly? Um, Jesus is a pioneer in a very different way because Jesus calls everyone and draws everyone who calls on his name into this adventure. This is the difference. He welcomes us, and not only into him being our pioneer, but also into the accomplishments that he has achieved are also in our name, in our place, in our stead, you know? You don't get a plaque on Mount Everest if you haven't climbed it, but he is doing this for his people. So his work is always tied to us. The other thing about these phrases about appearance, it's not only about what Jesus has done in appearing and being a pioneer to the depths and the heights and the future, but every one of the phrases is tied into something that means for us, for us. You might say that his work is always tied to us, his people. You might say in climbing terminology that he is roped to us, and we to him our pioneer. So we can change this and say, firstly, Jesus, Jesus is our pioneer of the depths. He is my pioneer of the depths. Because here's what it says in verse 26. The full verse says, he has appeared once for all, the culmination of the ages, to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. That his descent means my forgiveness. He plumbed my depths, and he took care that I don't fall into those depths, because he has gone there. Hebrews 9, 27, 28 says, people are destined to die once and then face judgment, and that is a scary thing to think about. In the same way, though, Christ was also offered once to take on himself the sins of many people. So Jesus, fully human, he did die once. It happened, and I would even say that there was some form of judgment upon his death, but Jesus was found righteous. The only person who ever existed who upon death was found to be free of sin, fully faithful to the Father, and he is our pioneer. That is attributed to us by him. 
C.S. Lewis again had this amazing picture in his book, Miracles, where he pictures Jesus. C.S. Lewis is like a master of having these like word, these pictures, these ideas to help us maybe understand something about the understandable mysteries of God, which are beyond our really understanding, but he's, he's really good at giving us ideas and pictures of them. Also, he says, if it doesn't work for you, this one, scrap it. Let's think of a different way to try and explain this. But one of the ones he uses is about a diver, a diver to the depths. I'm, I'm going to read what he wrote in Miracles. He said, one may think of a diver first reducing himself to nakedness. Think about this, the pioneer of the depths, Stripped off then, glancing in midair, then gone with a splash, vanishing, rushing down through green and warm water into black and cold water, down through increasing pressure into the death-like region of ooze and slime and old decay. Then up again, back to color and light, his lungs almost bursting, till suddenly he breaks the surface again, holding in his hand the dripping precious thing he went down to recover. He and it are both colored now that they have come up into the light. Down, down below where it lay colorless in the dark, he lost his color too. You see that? What he is diving for is us, human nature, to redeem it. He goes down to the depths and he brings us up from the depths. But in doing so, he experienced that death himself. Jesus is our pioneer of the depths. Similarly, he is our pioneer of the heights. The full verse in verse 24 says, he entered heaven itself now to appear for us in God's presence. He appears not just for the appearance sake, but for us, the purpose. A few weeks ago, I visited Yosemite for the very first time with Rana and some friends, and I got a slide. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, the scenery is nice as well. But you should see the other side. And coming out of the tunnel for the first time and seeing Yosemite Valley was like breathtaking. Wow. Seeing El Capitan and Half Dome waterfalls everywhere, I was speechless. Um, and I've been reading a book, actually. It's a bit morbid. I won't tell you what the title is, but it's about accidents and things that happened in Yosemite. But it's full of history as well. And the few explorers who went would come back with tales of fantastical creatures that would kill you. And then they have these literally on maps. It seems like it's a joke, but they have like, you know, here be dragons and stuff and these fantastical sea creatures in these unknown places. Or you'd fall off the end of the world, which I do believe is possible. So, you know. Um, so what does it say about Jesus? It said he will appear a second time, not to bear sin. That has been dealt with. But to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him to bring salvation to those. He will appear for the purpose of bringing salvation, coming back, returning to announce, to proclaim that it has been done on our behalf. He will appear to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. You know, we think about the future sometimes with worry. Think about this, though. It is filled with the presence of Christ. He is already there. He is in the future. He dwells there. But it is not an unknown country to him. And what he has told us, the little that he has told us about it is a place we don't need to fear if, if he is our pioneer. He is the pioneer of our future. And he will return. That reminds me, recently we had uh, the celebration of Juneteenth, which is 
saying a time when people would announce that slavery had been abolished. If you had not noticed by now, it must be taken care of. Freedom, now. It reminds me that of Christ. It reminds me also of the Old Testament story about there'd be a battle and they would send a runner to tell the people in the city that their fears don't need to be sustained because the battle has been won, the victory is theirs, and the runner would come over the mountains. It's how beautiful is the one who brings good news, the feet of the one who brings good news. Jesus returns and says, the victory has been accomplished. This is good news. He is there, and he will return, and it is secure, and it is safe, because he is the one who has done it on our behalf. I always think about, you know, end times, Christ's return. We're not, we don't know the day, we don't know the hour, any of that stuff. And I read something once that was really helpful to me in how I, how I think about it. And it's this, it's, not, it's that we are not moving towards him, his return, finally, he is running towards us. We are not living our days out moving towards him. He is running towards us with good news of rescue. He is our pioneer. So Hebrews 2.10, again, the full picture when you talk about Jesus being the pioneer, it says, it was appropriate for God for whom and through whom everything exists, to use experiences of suffering to make perfect. Whom? The pioneer of salvation. This salvation belongs to many sons and daughters whom he's leading to glory. This salvation belongs to many sons and daughters whom he is leading to glory. And then the other one, the second mention of pioneer of Jesus, again tied with us, the bit we read was about fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. But it begins with this. So then with endurance, let's also run the race that is laid out in front of us. Since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let's throw off any extra baggage. Get rid of the sin that tripped us up, you know? I think if you know, if you think that your future is unknown, you're going to carry a lot of stuff with you because you think you might need it. You don't need to bring anything. He is able to give us all that we need as we move forward. It's all captured up in Hebrews 6.19. Again, kind of an exploration comment. This hope, this is what it is about. This is the hope that we have, which is a safe and secure anchor for our whole being. Enters a sanctuary behind the curtain. This is the good news. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. You know, this thing about our constant seeking for escape, it leads to all kinds of things, right? Many of us know what those things are, to forget about our lives, to switch off, to check out, to experience some high. You know, grass greener, view better, air cleaner, food fresher, more satisfying. We have this longing. We're always trying to fill it with something. It reminds me of uh, my son when he got his first VR set. You know these goggles you put on? Uh, and, and there was a, like a test one that you could use, and it was a mountaintop, and it blew my mind. It's like high definition. It was a, not a, like a cheaper one, which litter goodwills all across the land promising this experience, but a real legit thing. 
And basically, I put this thing on, and I was suddenly standing on a ledge, like Glacier Peak or something. It was crazy. And I could almost feel the sun. It was that real. I was like, I feel warm because of sunshine. Birds were flying below. And then you could point at this little thing, and you'd be like, to another part, and like looking around. The sound's amazing. It looked amazing. But it was fake. And I think sometimes we do that as, as Christians, you know? We're seeking some experience some emotional high. We want more and more of it. But we already have everything that we need right here because of what Jesus has done, because of who Jesus is. We need more of him right now, right here, than we do of any extracurricular experience or high. I was thinking about astronauts this week, and I was looking up I just stumbled across this comment by an astronaut, and it's like, what do astronauts miss about the Earth? It can be the most amazing thing, but it said they actually really miss things about this ground, this Earth. And this uh, woman astronaut said, I've heard from a lot of other people that, funny enough, they miss weather. They miss things like rain. They miss the smell of the Earth. They miss wind. And it can be spectacular. I've said this many times. My mom used to sing this song. It's an adventure following Jesus. It is all the adventure I think I, I could ever really handle it when you pursue him as your pioneer. Say, I will follow you. He will take you places that are wondrous, awe-inspiring, terrifying, beyond you. Every bone and muscle in your body is shaking. Will I get through this time? He says, keep walking, keep moving. Don't despair. Follow me. Trust me. You're roped in. You're good. Christ's pioneering work has redeemed our pasts. Christ's pioneering work has brought the friendship of God into our present and has guaranteed our futures. If we will name him as our pioneer, our guide, our savior. Miracles all around us. I thought of this phrase, the ecstasy of the ordinary. Maybe we're too, we've tasted too many things and our, our spiritual taste buds have been dulled by constant seeking of more pleasure, and we have lost the art of simply experiencing simple things in life, like the bread and the cup that we will take of enjoying our food, enjoying conversation, the simplicity that Melody was talking about, because we are here, but we are connected to him. And there's that great theologian Casey Kasem once said, <laughs> therefore, does anyone know? We should keep our feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars, right? In worship. God is good. We're, we're not alone. He has done it. He is doing it. He is with us today. Um, we're going to go to communion now. And I'm going to read this passage as we prepare. If I'll read it in a minute. Let's uh, actually get our elements first. So, as we've said many times, if you have a longing to transcend, you know, your current stuckness, I would say Jesus is the place to go to. He is the one who can lead you to new pastures, new places, new concepts, ideas of yourself and creation and, and your neighbors and God. And it's just a journey that starts with a couple of steps, you know, and this might be a step. So if you are currently in that process of following Christ as your savior, as your pioneer guide, then come up and take a cup and take a piece of bread. 
If you have some desire to take a step on that journey today, take the cup, take the bread with your heart forward uh, in trust. And he will meet you there on the road. He will meet you there and he will lead you forward. So let's take our time just as long as you need. There are stations at the back and the front and then we'll hold it and take it together shortly. So this text uh, I want to read is, is John's record of some of the last hours that Jesus spent with his disciples. <clears throat> and it's just got this kind of interplay between the cosmic, grand, beyond our understanding aspect of, of salvation and this story of redemption, along with just the on-the-earth, ordinary activity of a group of friends who are having a meal together. And I'll just read it to start. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil, having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself, after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. You know, it's beyond our imagining. We can't know God except that Christ lets, it reveals him to us. And he has done so in this meal that we have. And it uses, I mean, if I was going to make, invent this thing, I would have the most fine cuisine. But it's the simplest things on the earth. For, for millennia, people have been eating bread and drinking wine or watches grape juice. Um, but it's that concept that, that we, we touch the extraordinary story just in this simple act of being a human being on this earth. Uh, Melody was sharing on Wednesday at Sandy Beach Retirement Center a book called The Liturgy of the Ordinary. That brushing your teeth can be an act of worship. And all of these things that we think are so mundane, washing the dishes... You can worship God through everything that is human. And we do that this morning with this bread. We remember that Jesus did not consider it something to be used for his own advantage. It became like us. And he gave his life for us. So we take this bread. We say, thank you, Lord, for coming to our rescue. We take the cup and remember, not that by doing this we are being forgiven again or Christ is sacrificing his life again, but that one time for us he gave his life and he shed his blood. That one act has been done. The next time he comes, he will return to bring salvation to those who eagerly await his return. So till that day, Lord, we take this cup in remembrance of you. Thank you, Lord, for your great pioneering work on our behalf, that you have redeemed our past, that you offer us friendship with God in the present, and that you have given us a certain hope of the future, for the future, and that you run to us even now. Uh, even so, come Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.